Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. It's showtime, grown-ups. Episode 334 of the Michigan Sports Truth Postgame Edition is now in session on TalkShoe. I'm Taylor Phillips, along with Louis Tenor. How was your week? Oh, uh, pretty good. Yep, mm-hmm. Yeah, a little nippy up here, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh-huh. Well, week three of college football in the men is in the books. Michigan, number eight ranked, beats Cincinnati, the Bearcats, 36-14. Kakoa Crawford with a a 43-yard touchdown pass from Wilton Spate. 11th, just three minutes and six seconds into the game. And Michigan led seven nothing, and then Tyree Cannell with a twenty-eight yard pick six with six fifty to go, make it make it at fourteen nothing. Mason Blue. Then the Bearcats got on the board, tapping off a nine-play, thirty-eight yard, three oh six drive with a Mike Boone one-yard touchdown run to make it fourteen to seven, and that's how it would be after the first fifteen minutes of play, and then Quinn Nordine. Just fifty second just fifty seven seconds in. Nail a twenty eight yard field goal to make it seventeen seven Michigan. And that was the halftime score. Cincinnati would stay in it and hang around somehow. As Hayden Moore fed Khalil Lewis for a ten yard touchdown pass with 11-15 left in the third quarter to inch Michigan's lead to just three at 17-14. to But Michigan's defense was too much as they gave their offense a chance to pull away, which they did. Grant Perry stepped up and got a 33-yard touchdown pass from Spate to extend it back to 10 at 24-14 to with 3.01 to go in the third quarter. That's how the third quarter would end. And then Michigan pulled away and iced it. Quinn Nordine, a 24-yarder with 9.02 to go, a field goal, 27-14. And then a safety with 6.53 to go as the Bearcats started from their own 25-yard line. Just 209 on four plays. They apparently blocked a punt for that safety. And then, for good measure, Levert Hill, another 
another amazing blue pick six from 24 yards out with 4.21 to go to make it 36-14 Michigan, and that was the final score. Two pick sixes by the Mason Blues defense, which was which proved to be too much. Now, take a look at the, that safety first before we get to the box score here. They stopped Hayden Moore on a quarterback keeper for a loss of two yards. Since he's on 23, and then a six-yard reception with forward progress to Mike Boone to the 29, and then they uh, got called back for a false start penalty, which brought them back to the 24, a five-yard penalty. Third and 11 situation from there. A Hayden Moore pass to Mike Boone again. A nine-yard reception to Cincinnati's own 33. And then the safety, a 33-yard safety. Which was actually... Pretty much beat by a by Louisiana Tech, losing 87 yards in one play on a Pee Wee style fumble. Just 19 minutes ago, caught by Bleacher Report. <sighs> boy, oh boy. I want to go back to the videos here. Oh, wait, yeah. Cincinnati had the ball. It was a high snap over the punter's head. And the punter tried to either tried either tried to uh, corral the ball or bat it away outside the end zone to prevent Michigan from scoring a touchdown on a fumble, the ball, the ball, the football rolled all the way to the end zone, all the way into the end zone, before the punter made any contact whatsoever with the football. He tried to bat it past the end zone. For just the two points, making Michigan settle for just two points instead of seven, or at least six. 
and there was nothing the Cincinnati punter would have done. Nothing else the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati punter would have done. And I'm going to post that video of that safety later on after I, while I pass it to Lewis Tenor with his national sports report. But i got a lot to recap here in week three of college football and the men here on the Michigan Sports Truth Postgame Edition on Talk Show, episode 334. Taylor Phillips, your host, the head host, and the creator of the Michigan Sports Truth Podcast. By the way, special announcement, Ed Smith and I will be on Spreaker, Monday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for episode 281 of the Week in Review. We'll recap college football again. College football in the mitten again, that is. Plus the Lions and Cardinals kicking off tomorrow afternoon at 1 on Fox. Week 1 of the 2017 NFL regular season is getting underway. The Chiefs upset the Patriots for goodness sakes. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I got one thing to say about that. I mean, now, you know I don't trust USA Today with their predictions, and they were saying 19-0 that they were going to go. You know what I say to that? Ha! Never trust USA Today with their predictions because they don't know oh. jack about sports. Y- USA Today is a bunch of wackos. I knew that. They're crap. I know, especially their sports section. Ugh. Yeah, I know. But anyway, back back to the Michigan-Cincinnati game. Let's uh, go ahead and take a look at the, that box score. Wilton State, 17 of 29, 220, 221 yards, two touchdown passes, no interceptions. Wilton Spate fumbled the ball two times. One of them uh, once lost. Once out of them, out of those two times, once out of twice, lost. Once once lost, the other self-recovered. The team also fumbled the football, lost to, to Cincinnati. Three fumbles, two of them lost. Michigan's offense has to uh, work on holding the football in going into Wait, this is week two. I'm sorry. This is week two. Hold on. Week three is next week. I'm sorry. Let me edit this for a second here. 
But again, Wilton State, two touchdown passes, no interceptions. Two fumbles, one of them lost. Uh, Grant Perry receiving four yard, four receptions for 66 yards. Kakoa Crawford, four receptions for 83. Both Crawford and Perry with a touchdown each. Let's see here. Chris Evans, five carries for just 15 yards. Ty Ty Isaac, 20 carries for 133 yards. Oh, wow. That's a monster game for Ty Isaac. Then we've got um, on, on defense... Tyree Cannell, along with his pick six, nine total tackles, eight solo, one sack. Maliki Hudson, two sacks, six total tackles, and four solo. Hayden Moore, 50, 15 for 40 for 132 passing yards. One touchdown, two interceptions, both pick sixes. Mike Boone, 12 carries for 44 yards. Devin Gray, three receptions for 41. Michigan hosts Air Force next week, Saturday, at noon on BGN. Taking a look at Air Force. Another easy opponent for Michigan. Air Force had a bye week. They are 1 and 0. Their only win came against the VMI Kedets. 62 to nothing. That was on September 2nd on a Saturday. Saturday, September 2nd. Michigan's going to have an almost this uh air this air force team is um actually not so easy but almost easy so Michigan had better 
start taking better care of the football if they want to run away with their game against the Air Force Falcons. Wolverines and Falcons of Air Force next Saturday at noon on BTN. Then you've got the Western Michigan Broncos and the Michigan State Spartans. Spartans win 28-14. to Brian Lewerke turning on the Jets as usual. 61-yard touchdown quarterback keeper run. Four plays, 79 yards. 443 left in the first quarter, and, and the Spartans draw first blood, 7-zip. And then L.J. Scott, who last week in week one against Bowling Green fumbled the ball three times, two of them lost. All of them, all three of them lost, actually. Didn't fumble the ball at all today, as far as I'm concerned. A 15-yard touchdown pass from Lewerke with 6.04 left in the second quarter, and MSU led 14-0 at halftime. The Broncos got on the board with a Darius Phillips 67-yard touchdown fumble return. On a Josh Grant on a Josh Grant kick. That took three plays, 26 yards, a minute and 17 off the clock. That came with 8.43 left in the third quarter, and the Broncos cut the Spartan lead in half to 14-7. to But the Spartans would go back up 14 again. They capped off a six-play, 75-yard, 236 run drive with a with a Brian Lewerke one-yard touchdown run with 6.07 to go. It was 21-7 Michigan State after three from there. Then they would add another touchdown, a two-yard touchdown run from L.J. Scott with 10.48 left in the fourth. That would make it 28-7 to with 10.48 left. Nine plays, 76 yards, 4.59. Off the clock. And then just after that, Darius Phillips went the distance on a 100-yard touchdown kickoff return, nine seconds apart with 10.37 left, gave the Broncos some life. 
to reduce the lead to 50% at 28 to 14. Half and half. But uh, Michigan State Spartans defense shut her down. Shut down the Broncos offense. Broncos last drive. Spartans forced to turn over on downs. Spartans ran out the clock. They win 28-14. to uh, Thoughts on this game? Well, well, duh. Spartans, just a little too much for the Broncos. But um, Darius Phillips, he could be the, he's the next Devin Hester in my, in my view. Well, he is in everybody's view. Everybody saw the way he returned kicks. 67-yard fumble recovery, a one-yard, 100-yard touchdown, a 100-yard touchdown kickoff return. You never kick it to Darius Phillips. But Michigan State Spartans, but the Michigan State Spartans punting unit, uh, punted the ball away from Darius Phillips. They try to punt the ball out of bounds at one point. They try to pooch punt it. So it fell well short of Darius Phillips. My last name. Kind of like Tony Phillips of the Detroit Tigers from the mid-90s. If anybody remembers, there was a left fielder for the for the Detroit Tigers. But uh, Darius Phillips, uh, may I put the cherry on top of the Sunday? Is NFL bound? He's he's he is the de- he is the next Devin Hester. He's a dangerous kick returner and a dangerous punt returner. That's why, if you're any other team except Western Michigan, any team but Western Michigan, you never punt it to Darius Phillips. Brian Lewerke, still a heck of a great, great quarterback, helping his own cause, using his teammates as well. Only two fumbles. One of them lost by Hunter Risen. 
which is not bad. Lewerke fumbled one as well, but he, but his team recovered. Three fumbles, three fumbles by the entire team. One of them lost. Only one of them lost by Hunter Risen. Hunter Risen. Lewerke threw an interception, which was apparently tipped through traffic and then picked off by a Bronco. Darius Phillips, actually, that appeared to be Darius Phillips. With uh, a zero a zero yard return, he intercepted the ball, but didn't take it didn't take it a yard because he didn't have a chance. Darius Phillips, four kicker turns for 181 yards and a score on the 100-yard touchdown kickoff return. It's no wonder he should be a first-round draft pick in the NFL draft in 2018. So, in totality, Michigan State has beaten two teams, both of them from the MAC. They're 2-0 and overall and against the MAC. For Western Michigan, they are 0-2, obviously, but that that's because they lost to number four USC on the road last week. And then the Michigan State in East Lansing. Those are two tough teams, both of them on the road. So up next for Michigan State, they are home against number 24, Notre Dame. Two weeks from now, two weeks from tonight, after their bye week on the 16th next week, they play the Irish on the 23rd in two weeks at 8 o'clock on Fox in East Lansing, Fox National Broadcast. Notre Dame is one and one. They squashed the Temple Owls 49-16, and then they lost to the 15th-ranked Georgia Bulldogs 20-19. That's a very close margin. 
Yeah, game just ended about five minutes ago. Oh yeah. Thanks very much for that update. Yeah, I was just watching. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. Sorry. And then for the Western Michigan Broncos. They are back home at Waldo Stadium, their first home game of 2017 against the Idaho Vandals. The Vandals are also one and one. They beat the Idaho the Idaho Vandals. Beat the Sacramento State Hornets 28 to six at home in in Idaho. Then they lost badly at home to the UNLV Nevada Las Vegas Rebels 44 to 16. So I'm pretty sure Western Michigan is going to at least somehow beat Idaho. Michigan State Spartans got a tough task on their hands against the Irish. Now for my Central Michigan Chippewas, who obviously beat Kansas on the road by 18 points, 45 to 27. I kid you not, the Jayhawks had a terrible first half. BMU dominated the second quarter. After being down three nothing after one through the first fifteen minutes of play, a Gabriel Ruiz twenty three yard field goal opened the scoring with just one twenty nine left in the first quarter. It was a really defensive first quarter. But then that's but then with exactly thirteen minutes flat left in the in the first half, second quarter, Michael Armstrong tied it at three with a twenty seven yard field goal. And then the touchdown fest began with a Mark Chapman 14-yard touchdown pass from former Wolverine Shane Morris. And the Chips took a 10-3 lead with 10.57 to go. They held the Kansas Jayhawks to a Gabriel Ruiz 33-yard field goal with 4.35 to go until halftime. It made CMU's lead to 10-6. The margin was four, in other words. And then the former Ithaca Yellow Jacket, Logan Hesbrook, a 40-yard touchdown pass from Shane Morris with 2.59 to go, made it 17-6. to On four plays, just eight, 83, on just four plays worth 83 yards, a minute and 31 gone by. And then Corey Willis added even seven more with a six-yard touchdown reception with six seconds left until halftime to make it 24-6. to six. Chippewa's at the break. Kansas would come back with two touchdowns of their own, a 33-yard run by Ray by Ryan Schalder, just a minute and six in, 24-13 CMU, and then Dom Williams, a 
one-yard run to the house with 8.50 left in the third, 24-20 maroon and gold. But it would fall just short as Devin Spalding helped spark the Chippewas pull away with a one-yard touchdown run, seven plays, 73 yards, 2.55 to go. Very quick drive from 73 yards out to, ex- to re-extend the Chippewas' lead back to 31-20 to at 11. To 11 at 31-20 to with 5.48 to go. And that would be the score after three quarters of play. Mark Chapman would add on with a seven-yard touchdown pass to make it 38-20 with 13-29 left in the fourth. Dom Williams struck again for Kansas with 10-02 to go, and the Jayhawks came back to within 11 at 38-27, which is 12 seconds apart. Mark Chapman capped off a one-year a one-play drive with a 75-yard touchdown pass that took just 12 seconds to put the to extend the Chippewas' lead back to 45-27. Yes, an 18-point lead, and that's the way it would end. Chippewas' defense did the rest of the work from there. Defense wins games. Offense gets points. Chippewas, horrible game in week one. They still won in triple overtime, 30-27 to over the Rhode Island Rams, for Christ's sakes. Then they went to Kansas. I thought they were going to get routed, but they almost routed the Kansas Jayhawks, for Christ's sake. But they still win by 18, 45-27. That's a little bit plenty to me. Fire up chips. Holy mackerel. They have Syracuse on the road next week. That's going to be even tougher of a task. Three thirty next week on the 16th at Syracuse on the ACC network. on cable television. Take a look at Syracuse. The Orangemen are one and one. But, but let's see who let's see who they faced. They crushed an easy team in the Central Connecticut Blue Devils, fifty to seven at home. Then they lost at home by seven at the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders, thirty to twenty three. CMU is looking for revenge. In 2014, Syracuse 
actually manhandled CMU at Kelly Shorts Stadium in Mount Pleasant, 41-3 to as far as I can remember. CMU didn't even score a touchdown. They were awful in that game. Then the year after, CMU went on the road to Syracuse and forced overtime, kicked a field goal, but lost in overtime by giving up a very quick touchdown. And one of their players got ejected for targeting. CMU goes on, goes to Syracuse again, hungry for revenge. It's it's not going to be easy for the chips, but for today, Coach John Bonamigo, told the told Fox Sports Net told Fox Sports in his uh, in his interview just minutes after the game, that fear didn't win. Fear didn't win. The Chippewas won. They're still undefeated at 2-0. and But it's only the first two weeks of college football. But I got one more game to recap. That is the Eastern Michigan Eagles at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights are horrible. They even so horrible they even let the Eastern Michigan Eagles beat them sixteen to thirteen in Rutgers, New Jersey, on Rutgers' own home turf. EMU struck first with a with an Antoine Porter eight yard touchdown run from touchdown pass from Brogan Roback. Roback's extra point kick was good. Seven nothing Eagles with eight fifty four to go. Eight plays, seventy three yards, two twenty nine time of possession. And the Rutgers Scarlet Knights with exactly five minutes to go, but get on the board with an Andrew Harte 25-yard field goal. Make it 7-3 Eastern after one. And then in the second, this is the second quarter, just as time expired in the second quarter, Paul Fricano with a 33-yard field goal to make it 10-3 Eastern at the half. The 
Eagles would fold the Scarlet Knights to another uh, Andrew Hart, a 39-yard field goal with 7.58 left in the third quarter. EMU an inch. Eastern's lead back down to four at 10 to six. Then the Scarlet Knights would take the lead with 6.07 to go. Just a minute 51 apart with a Gus Edwards 23-yard touchdown run. Capping off just a three-play 56-yard 128 scoring drive. Rutgers would lead 13 to 10. But Eastern would add three would add two field goals. The first one with 30 seconds left from 21 out, 21 yards out by Paul Fricano, and then he would throw it from 24 with 10-13 to go in the fourth quarter. And Eastern Michigan would miss a field goal. Obviously, from about I think 32 yards out from Fricano, and Rutgers would get the ball back. They would march down the field, and then and then McLean Luke McLean, that is. Thank you, Steve Bauer. Steve Bauer works with works with Luke McLean's dad, by the way. And Luke Luke McLean himself committed a roughing the quarterback penalty with a swat to the helmet. Again, like I pointed out, it was a stupid penalty. That gate ruptured. Rutgers field goal range. But then Rutgers would take it take themselves out of back out of field goal range with a fifteen yard penalty of their own. Where's the play by play on this? illegal use of the hands by Dorian Miller with 18 seconds left. After an incomplete, during an incomplete pass on third and eight from the 25, then EMU would be back up to the 40 on a third and 23 on the last play of the game, and Kyle Bullen would be sacked by Jeremy Harris for a loss of three yards. He tried to get rid of it, but his knee appeared to be down just about a nanosecond or two before
he got rid of it, before he got rid of it, the officials would the officials would review it too close to overturn and his knee was down just barely. Just barely, but his knee was down before he got rid of it. And time ran out, of course, and the Eastern Michigan Eagles celebrated frantically on the field. Their sixteen to thirteen win over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Eagles improved to two and zero. Rutgers Scarlet Knights fall to zero and two. Just when Rutgers seemed to find a way to at least tie it, they find yet another way to lose. Because because the Rutgers Scarlet Knights suck in football. So there's that. So Eastern is back home for their second home game of the the year, the 2017 campaign. They have a bye week as well before playing at home against the Ohio Bobcats on the 23rd. Time to be determined. Television, telecast channel to be determined as well. All Eastern Michigan Eagles games can be heard on WEMU 89.1 FM in Ypsilanti on the campus of Eastern Michigan University, also online at WEMU.org and on the WEMU 89.1 FM mobile app. Also on TuneIn Radio on the Eastern Michigan IMG Sports Network. Actually, actually, Eastern Michigan, the Eastern Michigan Eagles Radio Network is no longer affiliated with IMG College Sports. It's but it's still listed as the East Eastern Michigan ING Sports Network for some reason. Taking a look at the Ohio Bobcats. The Bobcats are one and one. They absolutely drilled the Hampton Pirates at home 59 to nothing in Athens, Ohio, and then they went to Purdue just last night, Friday. Got crushed by the Purdue Boilermakers at West in West Lafayette, Indiana. 44 to 21 was the final on that one on I watched some of the game after after 
calling play-by-play of the St. Louis Sharks Ithaca Yellow Jackets game. It was on FS1, as seen on FS1. Ohio, just another mediocre team, crushing a very terrible team and then losing to a better team on the road at Purdue in West Lafayette. So, Eastern 2-0, home against Ohio, the Bobcats. Not to be confused with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Used to, who for short were sometimes named Ohio. But there's the Ohio Bobcats, so don't let that fool you. Eastern Michigan Eagles, Ohio Bobcats, Eagles 2-0, Bobcats 1-1. In two weeks, though, not next week, but in two weeks, time and channel to be determined in Ypsilanti on WEMU 89.1 FM, WEMU.org, and on, on the mobile app, WEMU 89.1 FM mobile app. And on TuneIn Radio, the Eastern Michigan IMG Sports Network, as listed. Falsely listed, that is. So, that's week, that's, a, that's a recap of week two of college football in the Mitten 2017. Everybody wins, against, everybody wins except Western Michigan, who lost to Michigan State. My Chippewa squashed the Kansas Kansas Jayhawks on the road by 18, 45-27. Spartans win 28-14. Number eight Michigan Wolverines prove their defense once again, allowing 14 points to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Can't count out the Bearcats, but The Michigan Wolverines defense gave their offense a chance to score enough points just to pull away enough for the 36-14 win. Now, a preview of the Lions and Cardinals, as I predicted a week ago on Spreaker episode 280, the Week in Review with Ed Smith, I predicted the Cardinals to win 34-20. to Ed Smith predicted the Cardinals to win 27-21. I think. Otherwise, it was somebody else. I'll have to listen to it again. Let me pull. Let me try to pull that up on Spreaker real quick. Twenty-eight plays now. Thank you. 
Five to four last night. They lose five to four tonight. But last night they turn a five four three triple play. The first Tigers triple play since August first of two thousand one. Heimer Candelario to Ian Kinsler at second to first base. Whoever was playing for Miguel Cabrera, who was in the the last game of his six game suspension before returning. Saturday late afternoon at Rogers Center in Toronto, Ontario, Ontario, Canada. First pitch start time was 4.07 today. 
Last night, 7.07. Tomorrow at 1.07. We have Anibal Sanchez against J.A. Happ. And the Tigers go to Cleveland on Monday at 7.10. Carlos Carrasco will be on the mound against whoever for Detroit. doesn't matter. Tigers now... 60 and 81. Of course, they are out of contention in the American League Comedy Central Division. 25 and a half games back of the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, you heard right. 25 and a half. The Indians are starting to look like a really red hot team. They're even leading the Boston Red Sox of all teams, who also won tonight. The Indians have an 86-56 record. No kidding about it. Red Sox, 81-61. The Houston Astros, 86-56. The Indians and the Astros identically have a tie for the best record in the American League. Now for the wild card standings for the Tigers. They're still in it, but they might be eliminated soon. Thirteen and a half games back of the Minnesota Twins for the second AL wild card spot. The wobbly card, I would say. The AL wild the AL wobbly card. Tigers, a, a game and a half back of the Oakland Athletics for third worst. But only five, game that, five games ahead of the Chicago White Sox who hold the worst record in the American League. They are the fourth worst team. The majors are the Tigers. So, there you go. That's all the Michigan sports material to cover for tonight. Now it's time for Lewiston North's Midnight National Sports Report. King Louie, take it away. Thank you, Taylor. All right, and away we go. First, let's start with the uh, Major League Baseball scores, as we're now just three weeks away from the season finale. My goodness. Yankees got over the Rangers today 3-1. to one. Robertson got the win. Claudio got the loss, and Chapman got the save. Eh, he's finally doing something right for a change. Uh, the Athletics beat up on the Astros today, 11-4. to Hatcher got the win, and Devinsky got the loss. In a game that just ended, oh, about 20 minutes ago, the Padres uh, fought off the Diamondbacks, 8-7. to Matten got the win, Rodney got the loss, and Hand got the save. Diamondbacks had bases loaded with two out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Oof. Uh, this one looks like a laugher here as the Mariners are beating up on the Angels 8 nothing in the bottom of the sixth. Gurria is pitching in. Hanger is batting right now. 
Going into the bottom of the eighth, the Rockies are leading the Dodgers 5-4. to four. It was 4 nothing a short time ago, but now the Dodgers are coming back, and they could use this game as they've been in a major slump. Turner, Bellinger, and Puig are due up. Yeah, let's win the Dodgers lately anyway. Uh, Indians continue their hot streak, doubling up on the Orioles 4-2. to two. Tomlin got the win. Yona got the loss, and Allen got the save. Incidentally, the Indians have now won 17 in a row as the longest streak by any team in the last 15 years. The longest streak was Oakland back in 2002 when they won 20 straight. <laughs> and yes, I do remember that. Brewers be up on the Cubs today, 15-2. to Anderson got the win, and Montgomery got the loss. Oof, I'll say he did. Uh, Athletics beat up on the Astros, 11-1. Gossett got the win, and Morton got the loss. As we, met, as we mentioned, Blue Jays over the Tigers, 5-4. Anderson got the win. Fastball got the loss, and Terrapa got the save. Phillies beat the Nationals 5-4, to four, even they have to win a game once in a while. Leader Jr. got the win, Jackson Jr. got the loss, and Nurls got the save. Red Sox beat up on the Rays 9-0, doesn't help my Yankees at all. Chris Sale of the Century got the win, and Anderson got the loss. But Eduardo Nunez may be out of tomorrow's game, as he may have come down with a sore knee after sliding into first very awkwardly. So we'll have to wait and see about that. It's possible, not definite. We'll know more as the uh, day goes on tomorrow. White Sox be up on the Giants. 13-1. to Shields got the win. Says the Madara got the loss. Braves as the Marlins, 6-5. to Vizcaino got the win. And Bargoff um, got the loss. Mets beat the Reds 6-1. to Montero got the win, and Bailey got the loss. I think, though, it's still too late for the Mets to make any kind of postseason um, push. Royals beat up on the Twins 6-2. That's good news for my Yankees, though. Miner got the win. Presley got the loss, and Bauer got the save. Because, actually, the um, Twins are chasing us. And Cardinals over the Pirates, 4-3. Lions got the win. Kintos got the loss, and Miscalino got the save. All right, so why are we going out of the standings? And it's heating up. Oh, boy, and I'll say it is. And the standings go this way. The American League, the Red Sox, are still in front, 81-61, and 61, have a four-and-a-half game lead over the Yankees, 76 and 65, but I'm not putting this a lot just yet, folks. Orioles, 71-71, are 10 back. Rays are 11 and a half back at 70 and 73, and the Goofy Blue Jays are 65 and 77, 16 back. In the Central, Indians, 86 and 56, have a 12-game lead over the Twins at 74 and 68. Royals are 15 and a half back at 70 and 71. Tigers. 16-81, 25 and a half back, and the White Sox, a pathetic, 55-86, 30 and a half back. <laughs> You're not going nowhere with this guy, folks. <laughs> West, 
Astros are 86 and 56, have a 13 and a half game lead over the Angels at 72 and 69. Rangers 71 and 70, 14 and a half back. Mariners 70 and 71, 15 and a half back, and Oakland 62 and 80, 24 back. As much as you know, they have been pathetic this season. They are trying to make you know a decent showing in the last three weeks of the season. Nationals lead the National League East at 87 and 55, a commanding 19 games ahead of Miami at 68 and 74. Braves are 63 and 78, 23 and a half back. The Mets are 63 and 79, 24 and a half back, 24 back, and Philadelphia. 33 back at 54 and 88. Why even bother? In the Central, the Cubs are 77 and 65. This is a tight division here with the top three. Brewers are three back at 74 and 68, as well as the Cardinals. Pirates are 10 and back at 67 and 76. I think we can count them out. And the Reds are 61 to 16 and a half back. You can count them out for sure. All right. Well, now Dodgers still lead the West at 92 and 49, impressive as it is. Diamondbacks are now 82 and 60, 10 and a half back. That may seem like a lot, but it's really not considering what the Dodgers have been going through in the last uh, three weeks. I mean, their lead was a lot bigger then. Now it has shrunk, but I still think that the Dodgers are going to hold off. Rockies 76 and 65. 16 back, a long shot to make the wild card. Padres, 65 and 78, 28 back. And the Giants, 37 and a half back at 56 and 88. But I'm going to check the wild card standings. Anyway, we know some of them are out, but there are some that are still in. And it goes like this. Yankees now, thanks to that win, and the Twins loss is now two and a half up on the wild card. Followed by the Twins, the Angels are one and a half back. The Rangers are two and a half back. Baltimore is three back. Royals and Mariners are three and a half back. Rays, four and a half back. The Blue Jays are nine back. Oakland, 12 back. Tigers, 13 and a half back. And the White Sox are 18 and a half back. <laughs> no. Over in the National League, the Diamondbacks have a five and a half game lead over the Rockies. The Brewers and Cardinals are two and a half back. Marlins, a long shot, eight and a half back. Pirates are ten back. Padres, twelve back. Braves, thirteen back. Mets, thirteen and a half back. Reds, sixteen back. Giants, twenty-one and a half back. And the Phillies, dead last at twenty-two and a half back. I hate to say it, but you guys are finished. <laughs> and then some. All right. So now we'll go to the college of uh, football scores here because I do have some more. I'll start with the top 25 before we go to the other scores of the day. And I believe this would be an upset here as Oklahoma beat number two Ohio State. 31-16, Baker Mayfield had 386 passing yards and three touchdowns. Dobbins had... 72 rushing yards and one touchdown, 13 carries, and Flowers had 98 receiving yards and one touchdown. Uh, LSU over Chattanooga, 45-10. Elling had 227 passing yards and one touchdown. 
Gruse had 102 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and Parker had 104 yards receiving. Uh, Joseph Parker, that is. And it's Danny Elling. All right, and continuing down the list here, Georgia at Notre, edge Notre Dame, 20-19. Brandon Winbush had 211 passing yards. Sony or Sonny Mitchell, 73 rushing yards on 13 carries and one touchdown. And Josh Adams had 60 receiving yards. In another laugher, Washington just destroyed Montana, 63-7, to as we're still on the cream puff schedule, appears. Jake Browning had 259 passing yards and two touchdowns. Salvin Ahmad, 54 receiving yards on one touchdown. And Will Disley, 79 receiving yards and two touchdowns. In the game that just ended on Fox, uh, USC over Stanford in a top 25 matchup, 42-24. to Sam Darnold had 316 passing yards and four touchdowns. Bryce Love had 150 rushing yards, 17 carries and one touchdown. And Burnett had 121 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Dentally Burnett. At halftime right now, Washington State and Boise State are tied at 10. Uh, Luke Falk right now has 116 passing yards and one interception. Alexander Madison has 32 receiving yards and one touchdown already, and Bernard Bell has 72 receiving yards. And probably can ring my bell. All right. No surprise here. Alabama continues to cruise along, this time being Fresno State 41-10. Chasen Virgil has... Had 180 passing yards and one touchdown. Jalen Hurts, 154 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And Damari Scott has 57 receiving yards. Jalen Hurts is making quite a name for himself uh, in this uh, early part of the season. Hmm. Is it too early to make a Heisman Trophy candidate pick? I think I might take uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> okay. Clemson over Auburn, 14 to six. Kelly Bryant had 181 passing yards. Hamerin Petaway had 74 rushing yards on 22 carries, and Ray Ray McLeod had 81 receiving yards. No touchdowns, though. What a boring game. Penn State over Pitt, 33-14. Trace McSorley had 164 passing yards and three touchdowns. Quarty... Olsen, 96 rushing yards on 15 carries, and Jester Way had 65 receiving yards. Michigan over Cincinnati, 36-14. Wilson Spigot, 221 passing yards and two touchdowns. Ty Isaac had 133 rushing yards on 20 carries, and Kayla Crawford, had 83 receiving yards and one touchdown. Wisconsin over Florida Atlantic, 31-14. Alex Holmbrook had 201 passing yards, one touchdown. 
Jonathan Taylor, 223 rushing yards on 26 carries and three touchdowns, and DeAndre McNeil, 103 receiving yards and one touchdown. And this was like a shootout today as uh, Louisville beat on North Carolina 47-35. Actually makes a better basketball match if you ask me. Uh, Lamar Jackson passed for 393 yards and three touchdowns. Malik Williams had 13 carries, 149 yards rushing. And J1 Smith had 183 receiving yards and one touchdown. Virginia Tech over Delaware, 27-0. Josh Jackson had 222 passing yards and two touchdowns. Dylan Hoiston had 32 rushing yards and eight carries. And Cam Phillips had 90 receiving yards and one touchdown. Kansas State over Charlotte, 55-7. Jesse Ertz, 170 passing yards. Alex Barnes. 99 receiving rushing yards and one touchdown on 16 carries. And Isaac Zuber, 73 receiving yards. TCU over Arkansas, 28-7. Kenny Hill had 166 passing yards and one interception. Darius Anderson had 106 rushing yards and one touchdown. And Jonathan Nance had 75 receiving yards and one touchdown. And finally, in the top 25 action, Tennessee over Indiana State, 42-7. to Quinton Dormandy had 194 passing yards and two touchdowns. John Kelly, 80 rushing yards and 18 carries. And Jacqueline McClendon, 63 receiving yards and one touchdown. Uh, number of games were canceled today is with Florida State, Louisiana, Monroe, Miami and Arkansas State, South Florida with UConn, and Northern Colorado, Colorado and Florida, all those games today were canceled. And uh, prayers go out to Florida. Yeah, the storm yeah. is ready to batten down. And Houston. Yes. Prayers are, prayers are with you. All right. Um, you know, I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. I'm going to go to MLS. I know 95% of the population doesn't care, but hey, why not? In MLS, uh, Chicago and the Red Bulls tied to a 1-1 draw. Toronto over San Jose, 4 to nothing. The Timbers over the NYFC club, 1-0. Good. Orlando over D.C., 2-1. New England over Montreal, 1-0. Montreal and Philadelphia play to a 1-1 draw. Colorado point Houston, 1-0. Vancouver and Salt Lake were tied, are still going on in a 1-1 tie in the 46th minute that's in the second half. I do have standings here as well. You can call me crazy for doing this, but eh, why not? In the East, it's Toronto at 17 wins, 8 wins, and 3 draws. Moving on, NYFC has is a regular 15 Five and eight, Chicago, thirteen six and nine, Columbus, thirteen three and twelve draws. Twelve draws, wow. <laughs> Red Bulls, twelve five and ten, Atlanta, ten six and eight, Montreal, ten six and eleven, New England, 
10, 5, and 12. Oh, boy. Orlando, 9, 7, and 12. Philadelphia, 8, 8, and 12. And D.C., 8, 4, and 16. Hmm, they really are doing an overtime. At least, like about maybe like a fifth, like about fifteen minute overtime in soccer, because they really do um, have a lot of draws. In the Western Conference, Portland is twelve eight and nine, Seattle eleven nine and seven, Vancouver is twelve five and nine, Kansas City is ten ten and six, Houston ten eight and nine. We got a problem. Dallas nine ten seven, San Jose ten six and twelve, Salt Lake. 10, 5, and 14. I wonder why we don't do this very often. <laughs> L.A. is 7, 5, and 14, as well as Minnesota and Colorado, 7, 4, and 16. Boy, no wonder we don't do soccer that often. <laughs> All right. Okay, now on to the news headlines of the day. I should say of the week. And uh, I know we won't have a lot to do. I mean, a lot of time to do all, so I'll just do the best I possibly can. As I mentioned, Warren Nunez is doubtful for tomorrow's game, but it has not been ruled completely. Um, Sebastian Janikowski goes on the inter-reserve list, which uh, appears to be a back injury, um, putting his future on the franchise's all-time leader in question, leading scorer. Janikowski, who has been listed on the team's injury report with a back issue and traveled to Tennessee with Oakland for a season opener against the Titans, is entering the final year of a restructured deal that he signed this week. And unless he took a pay cut with another year added under his deal, he may have kicked his last football for the Raiders. Oh, boy. That's before they go to Vegas. ESPN insider Adam Shifter Janikowski lowered his base salary from just over $4 million this season to $3 million fully guaranteed. The Raiders signed Giorgio uh, Travesco, who spent the previous four training camps with Oakland, to the practice squad on Friday before elevating him to the active roster today. Uh, he converted nine of 11 field goal attempts over four preseasons with the Raiders, though he missed an extra point attempt during the preseason game at Dallas. Ah, so he missed one. Big deal. John Koski, meanwhile, is the longest tenured player on the rosters, uh, Ross, Raiders roster, a first-round draft pick in 2000, wow, by Al Davis, was then Coach John Gruden favored either receiver Sylvester Morris or running back Sean Alexander at number 17 overall. Only three players from that 2000 draft are still in the league. Houston Texans Shane Lecker, who was a Raiders draft pick and classmate of Janikowski, and some guy named Tom Brady of the Patriots. I never heard of him. <laughs> Thank God for the Raiders fans they listed to Al Davis and not me. Gruden laughed later in a radio interview who said, I say he was right. I can't believe 2000. That's 17 years ago. Raiders brought in three kickers for a workout this week: uh, Mike Nugent and Josh Lambeau and Marshall Cohen. After Janikowski did not play in the Raiders' third or fourth preseason games, and shifted reporter Janikowski and the Raiders were at a contract impasse. 
Jotkowski, who covered 82.9% of his kicks last season, has made 80.4% of his career field goal attempts and 98.9% of his extra point attempts. Yeah. Well, not for nothing, though, but I think he is getting a little bit old. I mean, 2000, that's not going to be his 18th season in the league. He's 39 years old now and only missed four games in his career, two as a rookie, one in 2001 and another in 2011. But the only action he missed six years ago due to a hamstring issue was the opening kickoff. Dave Renner handed that duty as the Raiders were shut out that day by the Chiefs, 28-zip. Four games in a 17-year career. Not bad. All right, so going on down the line here, as we continue, as we continue on, well, we certainly wish him though the best of luck. All right, uh, anybody for tennis? We have a new champion in the U.S. Women's uh, Open Department. Sloane Stevens beats Maz and Keys in straight sets today to win the U.S. Women's Open, 6-3 and 6-0, only the second unranked player in the U.S. Open era that began in 1968. Wow, unranked. Yeah, And the Williams uh, sisters is the first time in a long time that neither one is in the final. Uh, not for nothing, but they are in their mid to late 30s now, and, you know, the body does take a toll by that point. Okay, Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald has ended his holdout with the team uh, now yesterday. Uh, reported and passed the physical, but is ineligible to play in week one as Donald is still without a new contract. But both sides will continue to work on a deal. And, it will, and the first game is against the Colts tomorrow. Uh, the NCAA has given a special waiver to University of Houston to donate items to people affected by Hurricane Harvey. The waiver was given very quickly, said by Director, Athletic Director Hunter Yarchek, and I think it's a noble gesture that they are able to, that they were able to grant him that waiver because people can really use you know clothing and food items and whatnot as Harvey has just ravaged on that on that city. Prayers for Houston as well. As I said, prayers go out to Florida as Irma draws closer. Former Spurs forward Tim Duncan is gathering donations for Hurricane Irma relief efforts in the U.S. Virgin Islands as of now yesterday. He has reached halfway towards his goal of $1 million. Duncan is one of four U.S. Virgin Island players to have played in the NBA and wrote the importance of aid as he has experienced this tragic event before when Hurricane Hugo hit the area in 1989. We witnessed that. I witnessed that myself back then. And of course, it's a Category Five storm, one of the worst on record. Uh, the um, Basketball Hall of Fame inductees have been announced, and Tracy McGrady leads the list. He is one of eleven inductees this year. McGrady entered a delivered a nine-minute speech of relief and gratitude. <laughs> McGrady was a seven-time All-Star and two-time scoring champion in his days with the Orlando Tragic. That mean magic. Sorry. Other notables are all-time boys basketball um, 
champion. <clears throat> Playing basketball champion, Robert Hughes. Uh, the first lady of the WNBA, Rebecca Lobo. And Kansas coach, Bill Self. Bill Self himself. <laughs> and and there's other in there, but not uh, names I, uh, I'm familiar with, though. <laughs> All right. Despite the Dodgers' slump, U.V. Darvish uh, made history by becoming the fastest pitcher to record 1,000 strikeouts. Well, at least it's some good news for him. In only 128 career games and 812 innings. But right now, the Dodgers have lost like 13 out of the last 14. Thankfully, they still have a comfortable lead. And the Padres ended their 13-game winning streak last night. Yeah. You got you got good streaks and you have lousy streaks. NHL uh, no here from last night. Vancouver Canucks signed center Bob Hobart as he signed a six-year deal worth thirty-three million dollars. Last season led the team in scoring, and preseason is now just a few days away. How do you like that? Now for the disturbing story of the day: Cleveland police, firefighters, and military will join the Browns in a call for. Unity before their opener against Pittsburgh tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, show a video of expression of solidarity with the community and the importance of diversity and equality, as they will not they will not bring a flag into the stadium for tomorrow's opening game, and the protests just go on and on and on. It never ends. Rays outfielder Stephen Sosa Jr ran into the wall at right field at Fenway last night. He was tracking a ball by Christian Vasquez uh, in, the, in the early innings. The ball dropped out of Sousa's hands, grasped and slammed into the wall as he fell to the hop. Sousa managed to throw the ball back to the infield before collapsing in pain and needed to be helped off the field. Oof. Uh, no word on how serious the injury is. Like I said, right now is not the time to be um, getting injured. Yankees and Rays series will move to City Field uh, in New York due to the hurricane that happened over this past week. The series was set for Tropicana Field Monday through Wednesday, but due to the effect of the powerful storm that could last a week or, or more, they have decided to move. Uh, Nadal and Anderson will play in the U.S. Open men's final tomorrow. That's a 4 o'clock start. Texas federal judge Amos uh, Manzat grants Ezekiel Elliott a temporary restraining order to prevent the six-game suspension. Elliott was already eligible to play tomorrow since his suspension was to begin on the following day. If the request was to be denied, then Elliott would have appealed to the 5th District Court appeals for an immediate stay. Uh, more changes due to the hurricanes. Miami uh, Dolphins will train in L.A. next week to practice for their upcoming game against the Chargers. As Irma is now ready to hit Florida, and the team canceled all of its practices in midweek to prepare for this monster hurricane, even the indoor practices. And meanwhile, the Jaguars will stay in Houston to prepare for their game against the Texans. So um, our hearts go out to... In both areas. 
Eric Brady, uh, Barry, is now out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL from the game on Thursday night. Oh, boy. What a mess. Saints long snapper John DeBurros to undergo heart surgery to repair an aortic aneurysm, which was discovered in a follow-up in his trade from the Eagles to the Saints. And the AL injury has now, ACL injury was now confirmed. Giants kicker, former Giants kicker, Josh Brown, suspended six games on top of the one game already for domestic abuse accusations. League sources told ESPN to, on Friday that Brown served a one-game suspension at the start of last season, but the league launched another investigation and suspended Brown for six games. That decision came the day after Ezekiel, after Ezekiel Elliott's uh, case was approaching a verdict. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M coach Kevin Solman received racial hate mail this past week. That was, according, yeah, that was according to his wife. She tweeted a picture of the letter that had some very uh, explicit language. The letter contained a return address that corresponds to the Houston Country Club. Houston County Country Club. This, of course, came after one of the biggest chokes in college football history last Sunday night. Losing to UCLA 45-44 to after being up 38-10. to could somebody tell me how that happens with just 16 minutes to go in regulation? How do you blow a 38-10 to 10 lead? For crying out loud. Yeah, but I would think we have a more save like uh, midway through the second quarter, not at the end of the third. You can't hold the lead off for just another 15 minutes? Wow. I am flabbergasted. All right, Bengals linebacker Vontez Bursett signs a three-year extension worth $36.8 million, up from his last deal, which was a four-year deal in 2014 worth $6.9 million. He was an undraft rookie free agent of Arizona State back in 2012. That long ago. Wow. Cleveland Clowns, I mean Browns, defensive end Miles Garrett will miss two weeks with a high ankle sprain. At, at the end of the conclusion of that, he'll be reevaluated. Could, some, could sometimes sideline players like that for up to four to six weeks. The injury occurred during the team's first full practice during a team drill and could not come as a worse time as they play the Steelers and Ravens back-to-back. Ooh. You got some tough competition, but well, I don't think Cleveland's going to go that far this year anyway. Continuing on, Cavaliers introduced Isaiah Thomas at a press conference, but said nothing about the status of his health, as he's still suffering from a hip injury and saying that there's no timetable for his return. Sad news from the baseball world occurred on Thursday, as former GM Gene Michael passed away at, from a heart attack at the age of. 79. He was a GM and also became the top Yankee executive. And he helped pave the way for those, for the core four, leading to four World Series titles in five years, 96, 98, 99, and 2000. 
Today could have done it in 2001 or 2003, but we actually wound up losing those World Series. <sighs> what a guy. All right, continuing on here. Oh, boy. Uh, Conor McGregor's next opponent looks to be Nate Diaz, but it is not to be fought until sometime next year. McGregor does plan to fight a UFC fight in Vegas on December 30th. And Diaz said that McGregor outdid himself, and that's how he wound up losing the fight two weeks ago. He outpunched himself. Well, if you want my opinion, your body just couldn't handle that kind of play, I mean, that kind of fight, and you were going to probably give out anyway. Because Mayweather has all the experience and has kept it and hasn't stopped training, while McGregor is not that kind of a fighter. So when you think of what the law of averages, it was in Mayweather's favor. That's the way I look at it. You can argue with that me all you want. All right. Uh, by the way, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Miami Dolphins games that was set for Miami tomorrow will now be played on November 19th. And it makes sense because both teams originally were to have a bye that day anyway. So now you'll play that game instead of having your bye week. So it's going to be 16 straight games in a row. Well, look, fellas, um, everybody's saying, oh, but you need that week off. Look, once upon a time, we didn't even have a bye week in the NFL, okay? It's like going back to the old system. Give me a break. The professionals, they can handle it. And incidentally, according to a complete review and investigation and medical reports, there was no evidence found or indication that Patriots quarterback Tom Brady did not suffer a concussion at any point last season, even though his wife said it on CBS News this morning last year that he did suffer a concussion. So I wonder who was telling the truth. You know, it's a it's a conflicting uh, case here. If the medical reports say he didn't, then I believe it. Um, okay, Cubs pitcher Jake Arrieta likely to miss two starts with a grade one hamstring. In reality terms, that is seven to ten days. Oof, still, uh, White Sox activity infielder Johan Mochada are set to release. Derek Holland and promote Jace Fry from Double A. All right. And Stanton still thinks he can hit 61 this season. He now stands at 53. My question is, why are you only selling for 61? I mean, because remember, I said 61 is the former record. And I think the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry has now hit a new low. As the Red Sox are accused of stealing signs from the from the Yankees electronically, Yankees general manager Brian Cashman filed a complaint with MLB last month. He supplied video of what the team contended a Red Sox trainer looking at his watch and relaying information to its players. Hey, want to buy a watch? It just never ends though with those two. I mean, there's always something. And of course, a Boston team is being accused of cheating. Oh, isn't that interesting? Baseball's version of the Flake Gate. So, any. So, any. Now, mentioning about Jankowski, 
He declined a rework deal in the final year of his contract where he could make $4 million, but that was not the window. He was he would make 230000 off his deal and was assured he was still on the team by 4 p.m. last Saturday. But now that is now out the window. Texas A&M lose Nick Stargold, but also lose Donovan Wilson as he had a screw inserted into his left foot and will be out for an extended period of time. Some say I have a screw loose, too. But that's another story. All right, continuing down. I had this. J.D. Martinez uh, hit four home runs in one game for the Diamondbacks back on September 3rd. Here's a question I've been asking uh, this week. What is more uh, difficult to do, or rather more of a, of a rare occurrence? Four home runs in one game, or pitching a perfect game? Tough question, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, it's not easy to hit four home runs in one game either, or hit for the cycle. That's not done very well often either. Very tough to hit the cycle. All right. Alabama lost two linebackers for the season, Terrell Lewis with an elbow injury, and Christian Miller with torn biceps. Both were acquired surgery and will be performed soon if they haven't already. And Aaron Judge hits another dubious milestone, although I don't think it's anything to be proud of. He got his 100th walk of the year last week. Yeah. But, of course, I'm not really surprised by his um, slump because, you know what, I think pitchers are trying are figuring out his strategy and, and how they're going to try to throw like curveballs and strike them out. So I'm not surprised by this at all. And even Babe Ruth went through it, too. It's not surprising. Yankee closer Gary Sanchez got his suspension reduced to three games. That was back on September 3rd for his role in the baseballing versus the Tigers on August 24th. Georgia freshman Jake Foreman started in place of Jacob Essen as he sat out last Saturday's game against Notre Dame with a sprained ligament in his left knee. Colts quarterback Andrew Luck out of season opener versus the Rams. Uh, No timetable was set, and Scott Tolson is set to replace him tomorrow. Yeah, well, good luck. Danny Hamlin won the Monster Energy Race. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks traded safety J.J. Wilcox to the Steelers for a sixth-round draft selection for 2018. The move created a roster spot for Ward, who signed a contract with Tampa Bay earlier in the day. The Bucks also signed a 2019 seventh-round draft pick in the deal. And injuries with college football quarterbacks are on the rise, as I said before. As I said before, with Nick Starkle, as he suffered a foot foot injury against UCLA. He limped off the field in the third quarter, and that was the end of that. And Barton Torex uh, leads the regular season title by winning the first opening series stages at the Monster Energy Race, but suffered a flat tire to hold up Danny Hamilton with two laps left in the race but had enough overall points with 107 in the standings over Kyle Busch. Legendary name. His brother also is a good racer. 
All right. You know, I th- I think I'm going to end it there. So um, I'll just do uh, the last of the baseball scores, and then I'll turn it right back over to you. All right, so as we go back to the baseball scores to finish up the standings for the night, they go like this. Well, I should say the scores here. Late games in progress are, as we go to the bottom of the ninth, the Rockies lead the, the ooh, it just ended, Rockies beat the Dodgers 6-5. LaCroix got the win, Holland got the loss, and Blackman got the save. It just never ends. Continuing down the line here, the Angel, the Mariners have been the Angels eight to one. Albert's got the win, and Healy got the loss. And that's it for the baseball scores. And my notes are finished, so I'll turn it back over to you. All right, that's going to do it for episode three thirty four, the Michigan Sports Truth Post Game Edition on Talk Show. Episode 335 tomorrow night at 11 or later. Going to recap Cardinals and Lions who won Sunday at 1 on Fox. Till then, for Lewis Tenor, I'm Taylor Phillips. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Like the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page and share it and join its Facebook group. Also, Monday at Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in the morning, Ed Smith and I on Spreaker for the weekend review. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Bon appetit. Good night, Ray. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.